You see, God's heart for us is to recognise that when you seek, you will find. That you don't seek hoping to find, you, you seek with a faith that says, I will find you because you said, if I look, I will see. If I seek, I will find. If I am a diligent seeker of you, I will be rewarded. John 17, 3, who knows what it says? And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God and Jesus Christ, whom you said. Let's say it again. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God and Jesus Christ, whom you sent. This is the prayer of Jesus in John 17. Jesus was declaring, this is the very essence of eternal life that we may know him. You know, sometimes people think eternal life is about just what happens when you die. Praise God because of the blood of Jesus. Those who receive Jesus as Lord and Savior are set free from the curse of the law, set free from the penalty of sin, forgiven, redeemed, and we have eternal life. But the very essence of eternal life, Jesus says, is to know him. This is what it's all about. For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross so that you and I could have fellowship with God, unbroken relationship. He created male and female to walk on the earth with him, to talk with him, to be in fellowship with, with him. He made us in his image so that we could have relationship with him. And this is the heart of the Father. The Greek word there is gnosko, uh, which is, it's different to factual knowledge, which you'd read about in the Greek as oida. It's, it's not just knowing facts about God. It's actually a relational knowledge. Uh, gnosko describes a kind of knowledge involved in building an intimate relationship with a person, gained by continual experience getting to know them. It's the Greek counterpart of the Hebrew word yada, which is to intimately know, to, to not just know about him, but to relationally get to know him, knowing him through prayer. And I've been thinking about this and desiring to know God. You know, I believe that the Holy Spirit puts in that heart of every believer a deep desire to know him, to experience him, to discover him. Hallelujah. As I've been going through the Bible, I've been making my own little list of what does God value? What's important to him? Reading through, I'm reading through Deuteronomy at the moment recognizing the grace that we have is really important. You know, sometimes living in the new covenant, we forget what grace actually means. Wow, what we've been redeemed from. <coughs> so I've been making a list of things that the Lord values. Like loving the Lord, <coughs> excuse me, 
with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. He values this. This is important to him. Loving others, being kind, looking after the poor, looking after the widow, being kind to other believers, being kind to people. He values this. He values obedience. He values loyalty. He values trust. He values purity without mixture. I was reading today about don't plow with an ox and a donkey. I'm like, but it was a picture of he values purity, not mixture. He values holiness. He values kindness. He values generosity. He values wholeheartedness, devotion, fellowship. He values seeking with a confidence that you will find. As I've been looking and reading through and seeking to know him, you know, we, we know him through the reading of the word. We know him also through prayer and through worship. So I like to talk about eyeballing God, looking at the one that I'm talking to. So as I'm talking to him, I'm not just talk about you like you're not in the room. I want to look right at you. I want to sing right to you. I need to make a connection in order to let the faith begin to flow. Ezekiel 47 talks about the river of God and everything the river touches lives. And for me, to see the flow of faith when there's deep needs in front of me, to see the miracle power of God released, I need to connect. I need to eyeball God. I need to press through until I, I'm aware of who I'm talking to. Knowing God is more than just knowing about him. It's actually having a connection with him. Speaking to him with an active living faith that believes who I'm talking to. Hebrews 11.6, we looked at this on Friday. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In that he wants us to believe not just that he was, not just that he will be, but right now as I come to you, you are. You are present. He is. He is my healer. He is my redeemer. He is my provider. He is present. I can talk to you. Now, Moses talked to the Lord as a man speaks with his friend face to face, and we live under a better covenant. The heart of the Father was never for us to live at a distance, but to have relationship. This is eternal life that we may know him, that we may have connection with him. I talk about my son's 21st birthday when we were trying to set up for his birthday party outside and the wind was blowing a gale and all the party decorations were going everywhere. It's like, this isn't working. And I was rebuking the wind, telling it to stop and it didn't stop. But so I went inside and I got focused. I went, right, Father. And I eyeballed God. I said, Lord, would you stop the wind for Joseph's party, please? And as I went outside, everything was completely calm, completely still for the whole night. 
And you might think, well, that's just a coincidence. But I know the difference between speaking out a prayer and actually talking to God, making that connection. You know, he says he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I think of people like Stephen as he was being, people were gnashing their teeth at him. They hated him. They were getting ready to murder him. And it says, gazing intently into heaven, he saw the Lord and Jesus standing at the right hand. Gazing intently. What was he doing? I got to find you. I got to find you. On the first night of worship at the conference I've just attended, I was jet lagged. I was very tired. Martin Smith was leading worship. He's amazing. And, um, but I, I was struggling. But I thought, I've got I've to connect God. And I looked with an intention and expectation to see. You see, God's heart for us is to recognize that when you seek, you will find. That you don't seek hoping to find. You, you seek with a faith that says, I will find you because you said, if I look, I will see. If I seek, I will find. If I, if I am a diligent seeker of you, I will be rewarded. And we can do that by faith. We can connect with God through the blood of Jesus. Having received Jesus as our Savior, I now can boldly come before the throne of grace. I don't have to stay on the earth and send out a prayer hoping that it'll get caught up. When we were in America, we saw some um, American Indian things that they would do and in their culture, they would send their prayers into the smoke and hope that the smoke could take it up to heaven. But we don't have to do that. We can directly approach the throne of God. We don't need someone or something to take it up to heaven for us. We can directly stand before him, eyeballing God, and talk directly to him. And this is the very essence of eternal life. It's how I got converted. I believed in God, but I got honest with God and said, Lord, I can't see you and I don't know you. This is really hard to sing to someone I can't see and I don't know. Help. And then supernaturally, suddenly, I became aware of the reality of who he was, who I was talking to. The eyes of my understanding were opened. There you are. And ever since that day, I've never been content to sing to him or talk to him without that. The spirit of wisdom and revelation enlightening the eyes of your understanding. But we can sometimes get comfortable. So as I was worshipping the other night, jet lagging and tired, seeking God, the Lord reminded me of that scripture in Deuteronomy. You've been at this mountain long enough. Sometimes we can stay at the, at the level of our last encounter. Aware of his presence, loving him, believing in him, but not actually taking the effort to eyeball him to press through, to seek and to find. God continually has something more for us. Do you believe that? You see, the river of God, the love of God that passes knowledge that we read about in Ephesians 3 is not a limited one-time deal that happens. I, yeah, I had that, got that. It's a river that continually fills us to overflow. And the heart of the Father is for us to live in the overflow. 
And that's what I've begun to discover. It's like, wow, the overflow of God is so powerful. It's so beautiful. People can feel it when they get near you because you're overflowing with what you're beholding, with what you're receiving. The love of Christ that fills to the deepest level of your need, to the deepest part, the deepest cry that nobody understands, only he can know. He is the one that will fill you to the level of your deepest cry, your deepest need, and he will fill you and fill you and fill you till you can't take it anymore. And it's uncomfortable. And you go, that's enough, that's enough. And then he says, pray for supernatural strength that you can keep receiving. Because I want to give you supernatural power to press past what's uncomfortable. To actually be empowered to live in overflow. Psalm 23 says, he anoints my head with oil, my cup overflows. The anointing comes from drinking from the river of his pleasure, the river of his love for us, the river that brings life, the river that makes that glad the city of God, the river of his presence that the Bible talks about as joy exceeding and full of glory, joy that gives you supernatural strength, peace that passes understanding, joy that causes your face to light up because you know, oh, my Redeemer lives. My, there, he is. He is. He's not just the God who was. He's not just the God who will be. He is. Isn't he fascinating? Isn't he glorious? God wants this to be our life source. Hallelujah. In John 6, 11, we read about Jesus about to feed the multitude. And they bring to him the loaves and the fishes. It's all they have. A little boy says, well, I've got some loaves and some fishes. So they bring that to Jesus, and the Lord takes it. Jesus takes it, and it tells us here in the Scripture that lifting his eyes to heaven, as he so often is recorded as doing just before a notable miracle. What's he doing? He's eyeballing the Father. He's accessing the river. He's not just doing the motions, not going through the religious thing that he knows to do. He's actually pressing through. We see him do it just before he goes to open the deaf man's ears. It says, lifting his eyes to heaven, with a deep sigh, he says, Ephaphtha, ears be opened. I love that picture because it's exactly describing the process that the Lord has been teaching me about. This... Receiving, giving. We love because he first loved us. Such as I have, give I thee. Living in the overflow. And as he took the bread and the fish, he was thankful. He said, thank you, Father. And then just distributed it. Didn't have to work up the faith. Didn't have to just... Ah, I see you. There you are. Thank you, Father. And the loaves and the fishes were multiplied. We see it over and over again as this magnificent picture of faith, of people who will believe that he is. Psalm 32 talks about 
Blessed is the one whose sins are forgiven. Blessed is the one. And, and it's blessed is, not blessed will be. Recognizing, oh, I'm blessed now because my sins are forgiven. I'm blessed now because the river of God is available for me now. Not when I learn more, not when I become more mature. The anointing's not going to flow someday soon. The anointing is available for me right now. Blessed is the man, blessed is the woman who believes, who accepts, who receives that they have been forgiven. Hooray. Understanding what that means, that I don't have to bear the guilt or the penalty of my sin. I've been forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ, the perfect lamb who gave himself for all mankind that whoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. Because their sins would be forgiven. They would be qualified, made new, so that they would be able to have fellowship with God. Light can have no fellowship with darkness. We can't get the darkness out of us. But believing in Jesus, having faith that he gives us the gift of eternal life, the gift of mercy, receiving that mercy, we receive his spirit, we receive his life, and we enter into this eternal life where our spirits cry out to know him. I want to know you. I want to go on this journey now of knowing God. I want to discover you. I want to know you more and more every day. I don't want to stay at the place of my last experience with you. I want to keep pressing on. I want to know you more. And the more you know him, the more you love him. The more you see him, the more you access of the faith of Christ that flows through you. The more you are empowered and desiring to say, I want to give it all, God. Instead of trying to do stuff to become qualified, you recognize the mercy of God undoes me. Thank you for your grace. Here it is. Oh, God. And that Bible tells us that those who know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Why? Because they're connected. <sighs> living in the overflow, living in the place of gazing intently into heaven, lifting our eyes to heaven, living above the fray, when the circumstances are gnashing their teeth at you, when people are gnashing their teeth at you, when situations are gnashing its teeth at you, you can lift up your eyes to heaven, gaze intently. As I was doing that in worship that night, tired, struggling, pressing in, I began to have the eyes of my understanding enlightened. And I saw a vision of the Lord opening his chest up like two double doors. And he brought me in and showed me all this treasure that he has for us, glorious things that he has to come. And then I saw him, as I kept looking, I saw him as a man of fire. And then I saw him as the man of fire in me and upon me. You know, worship should never be dull. Worship is never intended to be, let's sing some songs and warm up. 
Worship's an invitation to seek him and find him, to discover him. Hallelujah. And there's a reward for those who diligently seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For when we come to him, and we must come to him, we don't just stand at a distance, sing about him. You've got to come to him. We come to him in faith. And when you come to him in faith, you must believe that he is, that you are right here. As you seek him on your bed tonight and say, Lord, I, I want to talk to you. You can believe that he is, which is stunning to me. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of Moses, the God of David, the God of Paul and Peter and John, that same God, he is for me. I can talk to you. You're not just the God who was, though I honor who you are and what you've done. But you are the God who is right now. And who is to come. And you invite me into a life that's life more abundant. That's better than anything I could have hoped or dreamt of. Life that makes your, your heart sing and gives you peace and joy that is beyond human comprehension. That causes you to step out and to walk on water. That looks at him and believes that he is faithful. Amen. Blessed is he who believes. When Martha, oh not Martha, when Elizabeth saw Mary coming, her baby, she was carrying John the Baptist, leapt in her womb and was filled with the Spirit when she saw Mary coming pregnant with Jesus. And Elizabeth proclaimed, blessed are you who has believed. God says to you, blessed are you who has believed. That's, that word blessed means to be supremely blessed, like overwhelmingly blessed, filled with joy, happy. How can you be happy when things are gnashing their teeth at you? You can. You can live above the fray in a place of supernatural joy. And it comes from believing. Blessed are you who has believed, for there will be a fulfillment of these things promised to you. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, for he who comes to him must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Would you seek him today? Would you come to him in faith? You know, I believe that as I travel, I know that in some cultures it's, it's common to believe in God. But believing in God, believing in his existence is not the essence of eternal life. Even the devil believes in God. Believing in his existence isn't the essence. The essence is to know him, is to seek him and to find him as your personal Lord, as your personal Savior. To say, God, I want to know you. I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. I don't want to just agree with 
the faith of my fathers or my relatives or agree with the faith of those that I read about in the Bible. I, I want a, a real living faith, a connection with you where I can eyeball you and talk to you. Because the Bible promises, if you will seek, you will find. So today, if you're here and you know in your heart, you haven't got a connection. You haven't found him. Or if you're watching online and you know, I haven't pressed through to, to find him. The Bible says he, he will be found by you. He's not a God who teases. But he's a God who desires your heart to love him back. He offers you grace. He offers you mercy. He offers you love. He offers you fellowship, eternal life. But he waits for you to say, God, I, I need that. I want that. I receive the grace of God. I receive the mercy of God. Forgive me for my sin. I repent and I receive the grace of God. I recognize and acknowledge that I need your help. I need your grace. Come into my life. Make me new on the inside. And believe as you do that, that he is. That he is the Savior. As he was talking on the cross, uh, as he's dying on the cross, the man beside him looks at him and says, Lord, remember me when you come into, my king, into your kingdom. And Jesus looked back at him and said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. All it took was for him to get honest and say, I acknowledge, I, I, I deserve to be here, but you've done nothing. You're the Lord and you can save me. Have mercy on me. And receiving that, Jesus said, yes, today you'll be with me. Salvation isn't something we earn but it's something that we choose to receive by faith. Thank you for the grace of God. Thank you for forgiving me. And then we enter into this eternal life, this glorious pursuit of continually discovering who he is, of recognizing that we've, engaged, we've entered into a relationship that's dynamic and real, where he is present for me every moment, every day. I believe that He is. That as I read my Bible tonight before I go to sleep and turn off the lamp, as I talk to Him before I go to sleep, I'm believing He is right now. I know who I'm talking to. Do you? He wants you to seek Him and find Him. If you're here and you know in your heart you want to make that choice, that first step to say, yes, Lord, have mercy on me. I want you to be my Lord. I want relationship with God. Let me pray for you right now. You can all pray this with me. Father God, come into my life. Make me new on the inside. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Here's a beautiful testimony from one of our monthly partners. God bless. I enjoy being a partner and being mentored by Pastor Catherine's ministry because it has been empowering me and encouraging me to step out and also do God's work to also touch people's lives and bring impact into people's lives and demonstrate the reality of God to people who are uh, from different walks of life and just to tell people that God loves them. Pastor, Pastor Catherine has been uh, encouraging me, giving me all that confidence and to do it without fear. So I encourage you to join 
uh, pastor catering mentoring whether you are a leader you are a minister you are just a saint you are just a newborn believer he's got something for everyone thank you i'd love you to consider becoming a monthly partner with us we have so much fun together and we want to see the lord touch the world